Welcome to HRI's Next in Health podcast. I'm Trina Sideros, and I'm a management consultant at PwC, working with pharmaceutical companies on vaccines, mRNA, MABs, and other medical products. I also lead PwC's healthcare think tank, Health Research Institute, also known as HRI. And I'm Igor Belakronitsky, a principal with PwC Strategy End, where I help leading health organizations with their strategies and operating models. And today, we're thrilled to welcome K.R. Prabha, who's an alum of the firm and is now a vice president of strategy, growth, and innovation at Optum. Welcome, Prabha. Trinda and Igor, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Prabha, on this podcast, we usually talk about issues in healthcare and trends, but we're also focusing more and more on the people in healthcare, the leaders and kind of how they became leaders in healthcare and the journeys they took to get there. And you have a fascinating journey to where you are right now. And so we'd love to hear about your story in becoming a health leader. Igor, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share my story here on the podcast. I think of myself as a citizen of the world, and it started with my international journey. started off in India, where I spent my formative years and then have been in the U.S. for over two decades now, but spent some time in Canada as well. And in each of these places, what I found was the healthcare systems, the care delivery models and the financing models are unique and different. And they work in very fascinating ways in each of their constructs. Professionally, I would say my education as an engineer is not your typical healthcare professional background that you see here in the U.S., but it opened doors for me to get into management consulting first in more of the IT and the operational realm for transformations in enterprises, but more recently focusing on strategy on enterprise growth and also on the digital aspect and what that can do for us as a nation. I've also had the opportunity to work in manufacturing and retail and energy. This was kind of in my formative years before I gravitated towards healthcare, which is where my personal and professional interests lie. And I think it's such a fascinating industry because it is truly a home for those lifelong learners. It presents challenges. It's an ever-changing landscape and people are always coming up with innovative solutions. So I really get excited about working in this space. The other thing I think I really feel inspired about is working with the physicians over many years across many organizations that I've been part of and their care team members. You know, their commitment and their passion for solving true disease burdens and healthcare problems with patients is amazing. It's very inspiring. It's amazing. And I'd like to you know, recognize that in the current pandemic that we are in, it has come across time and again. And I'd really like to thank them for what they've been able to do for us as a community and as a nation. And finally, on the pro bono front, my leanings are more towards the global health side of it, which convenes the healthcare, the public policy, the public health, and then innovation aspects as well. So I feel that while my journey has been diverse and non-linear, there are many aspects of it which I think have enabled me to be a good and a strong healthcare leader and bringing in a diverse perspective to my problems and challenges that I like to solve on a daily basis. So Prabha, one thing that really strikes me about your career is it spanned the globe. So you've been to many different parts of the world, seen many different health systems, but also many different parts of the U.S. healthcare system as well. So you have the civil engineering background, you have this consulting background, you've worked at a large health system, you're working at Optum now. 
wondering what are some insights that you've taken away through this long, almost 360 degree view that you've had of the health system? What are some insights that you can offer us? Because most of us don't have that kind of variety of uh, experiences. Trina, thanks for that question. And through my various roles, I've been able to land on, I think, two key learnings personally. One is that the U.S. healthcare system is very complex. In fact, it's one of the most complicated care and financing business models that exist in the world. The primary reason is that we have multiple stakeholders who are involved in any care event. You know, we have the patients and the families, we have hospital and health systems, we have health plans, we have employers, and we also have the government who each of them have a say whenever an individual seeks to engage in a care event. Now, broadly speaking, many stakeholders are focused on the current event and or what we need to do at this time. And this could actually challenge us as we move more towards a value-based model, a more whole person care treatment model, if you may. Combine that with a lot of changing forces in healthcare today, which are around increased expectations from individuals as consumers. We see that in other industries and we want that in healthcare around knowing upfront what my costs are going to be, who's going to be involved in my care, where am I going to go get the care. Also looking at lowering reimbursements. Health systems are challenged on this on a daily basis. And then there is increasing care fragmentation with new tech solutions coming into the care journey. And we have overburdened and fatigued physicians and their team members who are trying to work through the day, take care of the patients and provide the best outcomes that they can. Now, care fragmentation, as you know, occurs when we utilize different venues, different physicians, different systems for getting care, whether it's for your wellness visit or you go to an urgent care because you stubbed your toe or you go into a more acute kind of facility where you probably need some specialty care. Not all these systems today talk to each other. So a physician that you are engaging with or a care team member you're engaging with may not have a true understanding of your history and all the events that you have gone through. And that means the burden is on the consumer or the individual to actually provide that for each interaction. And this could be better. Now, when it does get better, there will be better care. There will be more informed decision making by the patient and their families in collaboration or under the direction of the physician. But also they will feel more empowered. It's truly very seamless from an individual standpoint to be wanting to own how they want to live their life, how healthy do they want to be, and what decisions they can make versus what do they need help with. The second learning that I have is that the U.S. is one of the strongest innovation labs and enablers in the world. Right here, we have the abilities, we have the skills, we have the finances, and we have the heart to think different, think big, and make big bets. Coming back to the current healthcare event of the pandemic, we saw an unprecedented speed to market when it came to new vaccines, new treatments that are available to all. We also saw an accelerated adoption of digital care, which was in bits and pieces across the various systems, but now that got to the front and there was an increased adoption of it. And also new home care models came to the fore. Now, this is only possible when we have the multiple stakeholders who are involved in healthcare come together. The regulators, the clinical experts, the financiers, the employers, and the administrators who all work towards a single goal. So when I kind of look at these two slightly opposing learnings together, I actually feel enthused about our future. That when we put our minds together towards a single goal, towards a focus on the patient or the focus on the caregiver, that we can actually achieve some big goals in a very impactful way. 
So the move towards value in healthcare, which has been, you know, slower than predicted in the past, is accelerating now. And there's an intentional focus on the patient or the member or the consumer in whichever form they present. But there's also renewed application and appreciation to engage with the caregivers, the providers, the nurses, their other team members, and improving their experiences as they deliver the care towards the patient and reducing the health issues that are out there. Robert, you're very clearly passionate about the industry. You're very curious about it and you think a lot about it. And you've been a lifelong learner and trying to understand the industry better from all these different angles. And I think it's very much required because the industry is also changing so quickly. For those who similarly want to continue learning and understanding healthcare better and becoming kind of better healthcare leaders, what suggestions would you have for them so they can continue their education in this space? Igor, as you pointed out, learning is very near and dear to me because I think there's so much in this space that we can learn with. So to be able to bring in some best practices thinking or just innovative thinking as well. I think there is no replacement for an immersive educational experience. And what I mean by that is I would encourage every single one of us who works in healthcare to spend a day, a week, an hour, a month, whatever you can spend to shadow a caregiver or even shadow a patient as they engage in a healthcare event. And the learnings are just eye-opening because whether you look at it from somebody who's engaged in solving an issue or somebody who's presenting with an issue, their concerns and their focus and also the challenges are so different. Digital savviness is table stakes, in my opinion. Digital is here and all healthcare organizations are either going digital or will be digital in the near future. And therefore, it's imperative for healthcare leaders, the executives, the administrators and consultants like us who need to be schooled in the digital discipline. Talking about learning, I recently completed a course with an international business school on strategy in the age of digital disruption. And that really opened my aperture around the opportunities that we have to close that digital gap within healthcare when you compare it with other industries. Finally, I think it's learning in the adjacencies because we can all learn a specific topic or a specific discipline, but how you connect them and how you build on them is all in the adjacencies because the issues are interconnected. The symptoms that get revealed are not always the root causes that we need to solve for. And so an overfull ER is just a symptom, but the root cause is actually inadequate access either in the primary care setting or at-home testing resources that would actually be at a lower cost and have better access. But because of the lack of that, we're seeing ERs being full. So the solution that we would apply to the root cause of inadequate access is very different than what we would do when you had to solve problems within the ER and relieving pressures in there. And if we use digital, we can bring that in to increase the access channels, make it more convenient, have a lower cost for the patient, and then also reduce the burden on our clinical teams. There are some best practices and lessons learned from other industries that we can actually bring around digital adoption, around cultural awareness that we can actually apply in healthcare. And in addition to just delighting the consumer, delighting the caregiver along the journey with improved outcomes, we can also start working on the health equity challenges that we have as a country. 
Prabha, I think one of the things that came to mind as you were talking about the sort of shift to digital in healthcare and then noting the health disparities, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what do you see as the biggest challenge in this move to telehealth, the remote healthcare, and what do you think is perhaps the biggest opportunity out there in this area? Trina, I think you caught that very well, which is the challenges can also be opportunities within healthcare for us. I think there's the increasing care fragmentation, something that I alluded to earlier. We have a lot more people who want to solve issues that we have in healthcare, which is fantastic. We have brilliant minds who want to apply their knowledge, their experience, their expertise in other industries to coming in. And a lot of them are new age tech, either coming in from Silicon Valley or elsewhere to solve a perceived high impact problem. But what happens is that sometimes it's just a point solution along the care journey. And at times it increases the complexity. It also then challenges us in not being able to look at a whole person view of the individual and at times can also increase the overall cost of care. And as you know, within the U.S., we have a high burden of costs when you take a look at healthcare and what it delivers to the cost it takes us for actually having it being monitored. The incongruities in digital maturity amongst the various players within the healthcare space, these will require harmonizing because we need to close those gaps, not only with the other industries in terms of digital, but I think within the various touch points or the handoffs or even the various systems who participate in providing care to an individual. And then as we look at whole person care, your traditional healthcare systems, whether they're academic medical centers or just specialty centers or even just large hospitals and community hospitals as well, they feel the burden of having to do it all for all their populations. Historically, that's been their role, but there is opportunity to share this burden, I believe, amongst newer partners, ones who are coming in with either new tech solutions or even new care delivery models as well. So we do have things which need fixing, but I think we can actually work more of a partnership ecosystem models to actually address a lot of these big challenges that we have in healthcare today. Prabha, you said the magic word ecosystems, and we talk about ecosystems a lot on the podcast, and you sort of exemplify that thinking of looking at problems in healthcare from different angles rather than just playing whack-a-mole and focusing on a specific symptom. So tell us a little bit, how do you think this ecosystem lens, this way of looking at healthcare problems from multiple angles can help solve some of these big challenges we face? So Igor, here I'm going to use the golden rule of three. I see the multifaceted approach having three different prongs. One is the digital aspect with our caregivers, so physicians and other clinicians, and I'll elaborate that in just a minute. Second is going back to our strategy fundamentals. And then the third is building partnership ecosystems. I'd like to take them in that order because it actually builds towards the ecosystem question that you just asked. On the digital front, we need to develop our physician evangelists. We need champions. We need advocates who are adopting digital and also evangelizing them amongst their peers. And that has to be more in an evidence-based method. We all know that physicians love data, love evidence, and they want to make their decisions based on facts. And so understanding a basic tenet in healthcare, which every one of us who's worked in this space for a while knows, is that physicians follow a do not harm guideline and always adhere to evidence-based protocols and best practices 
to make the right diagnosis for their patients. The physician's traditional training in medical school is not really very digital heavy, if you may. There's limited familiarizing around the newer technologies of artificial intelligence, so AI and machine learning and other advanced analytics protocols. So if physicians are not trained in these technologies or tools or solutions, they're not going to be bringing them as part of their toolkit. So while we have a plethora of new solutions, we have many options and many advancements within predictive analytics or AI protocols. Until they get introduced to the physicians and adoption is increased, we won't be able to kind of marry the two, right? Marry the clinical side of the equation in healthcare to the technology side of the equation. And when we do that, we can actually expect to see things around fewer duplicate diagnostics or avoiding unneeded tests or prescribing to an alternate set of treatments which, depending on the analytics and the enablers that we can present to the physicians, they may be able to make informed decisions around care treatments. Ultimately, this will lower the cost of care. So the focus doesn't have to be on lowering the cost of care, but improving our fact-based, getting the right tools with the right people and working through it. And we all know that as providers will get comfortable with these new tech enablers and the adoption and use rates will go up and their trade associations can actually lean in here to help with the education, the physician education realm, and then also support any new introductions or adoptions of technology and new care models. Providers are used to learning and used to employing best practices. In fact, they are lifelong learners, which is why they probably get attracted to healthcare. They just need to now trust best practices that come from non-traditional sources. And then on the other side, I would say the non-traditional players in healthcare also then should focus on how do you bring more value to the providers and how do you cut through the noise, the administrative burden so that they can actually get to doing what they do best, which is delivering care and taking care of the patients. The second aspect is about strategy fundamentals. It's more important in strategy to know what we are not going to focus on or not going to do. And this applies to healthcare executives and administrators. So what are you as an organization not going to do in addition to the areas of focus where we will invest money, time, and people. And I think that this is actually a little difficult for traditional healthcare systems because they've historically served all consumers and they've tried to be all things to all of their community and for their care needs. It's somewhat a little easier for the new entrants because they come in with a very focused solution. They come in with a market plan and then they come in with addressing a single tone problem. So when you bring these two players together, there's shared learnings that can happen on both ends. And that's why it leads me to my third point, which is about how do you rethink the care delivery models through an innovative lens by bringing together these ecosystems of partners. So bringing in both the traditional and the non-traditional players and applying digital to that to kind of go seamless between brick and click during the healthcare journey. And so what this allows us to do is to bring some best solutions. You can bring in healthcare systems, let them focus on what they do best, which is focus on the patient and do the care delivery, and then also bring in some of the enablers in here to help them make those decisions better in a quicker way and focus on their investments in a joint way to go seamless between the in-person versus the virtual. 
An example can be that there are health systems which currently are thinking of longer term partnerships with other organizations who can take off their administrative burdens, whether it's within cybersecurity, it's financial, it's IT. So they can focus on their community needs in reducing the disease burden and really growing their clinical prowess. Abba, so much of what you've talked about has really resonated with me. I think one of the things that really stuck with me is the idea of taking things off the table as opposed to always adding. And I think that's sort of been the history of U.S. healthcare is adding and sort of becoming bigger and bigger and more complex. But thinking about what shouldn't be done or what would be better not to be done is a really interesting concept. The other thing is the immersive learning. I think that truly resonates with me. I'm working toward a master's in the history of medicine at Johns Hopkins. And that has been one of the most interesting and relevant to my current job kinds of things I've done in my life. So anyway, thank you so much for coming on our show. It's been really fascinating. And your story of your professional career and your insights that you've gained along the way has been just wonderful. So thank you so much. Thank you, Trina, for sharing your personal journey as well. And it's been such a pleasure talking to you and Igor on this call. Thanks for having me. For more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please visit our website at pwc.com forward slash HRI. Until next time, this has been Next in Health. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.